Welcome in to News and Views with Tom Lamprecht. The stories you've heard and the ones you need to hear. This is an email between you and Elton John, correct? Correct. The end of Title 42. As of May 23rd, crisis at the border. Biden's border policy. It's going to continue to get worse. Everyone wear masks on planes. The government has overreached its authority. What's going to happen next? Your life, your values, your voice. This is News and Views with Tom Lamprecht on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. All right, welcome in. Uh, boy, Benny and I were talking just before we went on the air. I wasn't aware that this our article was out there, so I just brought it up. But uh, Carolina Journal is reporting that the Washington Post quarterly Democratic presidential candidate ranking for 2024 has Roy Cooper... In sixth place, he's actually down from fifth in his last ranking. The paper calls him one of the leading contenders you hear the least about and says he is a Biden-style candidate who checks lots of boxes. I will I will say that they are accurate in uh, Roy being like Biden, but my gosh, you got to be kidding me. Roy Cooper for president? Are they that desperate? What, what is, I guess they are. Yeah, yeah I mean— when have you ever heard a sitting president his first term the news media talk about it all who may run the next next yeah. term i mean that not in my lifetime has this ever yeah. happened and so, of course earlier this week joe came out and it was reported that he told obama he's running in 2024 <laughs> i bet obama was like that's mm, nah, not a good idea now Don't underestimate joe's ability to as, uh, I'm just curious, <laughs> who is, uh, let's see, the top 10 Democratic presidential candidates for 2024? I suppose they were governors, uh, as I recall. W- was Joe even on the list? Um, number 10, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Yeah, fat chance of that. <laughs> Gavin Newsom, the loser from California. Cory Booker, he tried it last time and failed. Sh- uh, Sherrod Brown, I don't think so. Uh, Roy Cooper, number six. amy klobuchar she tried and failed the indian princess number four she tried and failed pretending uh kamala harris number three um you got i mean roy cooper is is more feasible than kamala pete Buttigieg, the uh, pothole uh, mayor uh number two joe biden number one wow they are really in trouble (laughs) <laughs> who who on that list i mean they're all losers well you know washington post says a uh refers to roy cooper as a biden style candidate who checks all the boxes does that mean he spent a lifetime in politics <laughs> i mean basically because roy cooper you know he's been what he went up through the ranks of the house and yeah. senate and then attorney, attorney general. general and what two terms and yeah. two-term governor um no thanks Yeah, give me somebody with some private uh, business. But, I mean, look, in both parties, the vast majority of them are lifetime political hacks. They look at at politics as their career. You know, they they start out uh, running for town council, and they just stay in it until they get all the way up to the top. And there was an article somewhere today that um, Bernie, Bernie Sanders. Oh, yeah, he's talking talking about about running again. Yeah. And I think he's, uh, I th- he's probably actually, you know, more coherent than Biden is. Oh, but you know, <laughs> the, the fly, the fire plug out <laughs> by my car is more, co- more coherent. It, it's really bad today or yesterday when he started 
when he was asked a question and he just started talking about a completely different subject, which just told me, no, he's he's paying attention to the question. He just doesn't know what they're asking. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Town Hall's reporting on, which this is old news by now, but the U.S. Army Golden Knights out of Fort Bragg flew up to National Park and uh, they decided to uh, parachute into the ballpark at the beginning of the program it, uh, at the beginning of the ball game it was um military appreciation night and uh, apparently nancy is she's now blaming the faa but you know ultimately nancy pelosi is in charge of the capitol police just like she was on the january 6th bingo day and she screwed up on that and apparently she screwed up last night but she didn't hesitate to blame the faa saying that the faa didn't tell us about it and as a result the capitol police saw uh, i i i don't know if they parachuted from a plane or a helicopter but they were flying over the capitol and they sent out this alert to evacuate the capitol because uh, they were they they thought this was a, a legitimate threat it didn't last too long i mean they they quickly reversed themselves but uh, on Fox News last night during the six o'clock news, uh, they actually came on and you know reported in the middle of the newscast what was going on in terms of uh, the the evacuation. But uh, you're right, and is this just Nancy's incompetence? <laughs> Wait a minute now, six p.m. Yeah, six p.m. Uh, she she was a good five or six and tonics <laughs> by then. I mean, she I probably got a phone anything. call, and uh, you know she probably doesn't remember it. You know, good morning. Uh, speaking about Sunday being morning. being about uh, speaking of uh, being a Democrat and senile, uh, talk about the blind leading the blind. Of course, Diane Feinstein is is sad. It is it is she's sad. really sad. It, it's she's right up. They could have adjoining rooms in the home for Joe and Diane. Uh, how, now she's older than Joe. She's like eighty three, I think. Yeah, she's on in her eighties. Uh, no, eighty eight. Oh my god. 88. Yeah, I think I think uh, Queen Nancy is 83, Diane is 88. But she has nothing to worry about. And listen, as Americans, we have nothing to worry about because Joe came out and said she's fine. Joe <laughs> Biden said her mental capacity, I give her a clean bill of health. That makes me feel so much better. True international pressure. I, I mean, you talk about the blind leading the blind. <laughs> what happened? Joe who is just Literally shuffling through the White House, not knowing where he is, wetting his drawers, crapping his pants, and he has come out and he is giving us the A-OK that Diane Feinstein is. You know the you know the thing. I think that's a, I think that's a topic that, oh Uncle Joe should avoid. Yeah, <laughs> at yeah. all costs. I mean, all it does is shine a spotlight. And now maybe it's, it's, you know, saying, hey, comparatively speaking, if you compare Diane to me, I, boy, she's she's sharp as a tack. Mm. <laughs> you know, in the uh, – That would be a good question for Peter Ducey to ask. Mm. You know, uh, Mr. President, you came out and you said Diane is fine. How would you compare Diane to you? <laughs> He'd probably call him a stupid SOB. <laughs> well, he's already done that once. But, you know, what was it the uh, – I think it was the – was it Amy Comey Barrett hearings that uh, Feinstein? I mean, she just she was. It, it was obvious that you know Father Time had caught up with oh, her yeah. big time. She actually, um, even back before the Dems took over, there was a. I, I think it was a lower court judge, or, or uh, who was who was after uh, Kavanaugh. 
Was it uh, Kavanaugh the name? Uh, no, no, it was. Uh, when did Neil Gorsuch get in there? One of one of those. Neil Gorsuch was before Kavanaugh. Okay. Yeah. Well, one of those after Kavanaugh. That, that, was, that would be Amy Comey. Better. Yeah, but I don't think yeah. it was the Supreme Court. So, because, so it was like a, just a well, federal Well, maybe it was. Bush. You know, I guess it was. I guess it was Amy Coney Barrett. That's probably you're probably right. But she had she had complimented Lindsey Graham on what a great job he had done moderating that that whole uh, confirmation hearing. And the Democrats were furious with her because mm. yeah, she, had, she, she had said, uh, given a compliment, saying what a good job he had done. You know, you wonder how much um, you know honesty she's getting from her peers, from people close to her, to say, you know what, uh, you, you need to retire yeah. because it's been like this for a while, and it's and I I think it's a little secret in Washington that no one wants to. I guess they doesn't want to address it with her, and maybe the people closest to her. Um, hey, they don't want to lose lose their influence. Listen, and I'll be bipartisan here. Strom Thurmond, Robert Byrd, and now Diane Feinstein. You know, when they have to carry you out of the Capitol in a box, you've been there much, much yeah, too long. Absolutely. And uh, Town Hall, uh, this is cut one, Clark. Um, reporting on a story out of MSNBC. This is Nicole Wallace of MSNBC comparing Republicans this is this is beyond the pale. Comparing Republicans to Russian soldiers who she says are raping children. Cut one. And I worry that in covering Glenn Youngkin and his politics of parental choice, all the focus was on how well it worked. And even in our conversations about DeSantis, it's about how well they're serving him. The the, the truth is dehumanization as a tactic for politics is from war. Dehumanization is a it's a it's a tactic. It's being used right now. The Russians get their soldiers to rape children by dehumanizing them. Dehumanization as a practice is a tactic of war. It's being deployed in our politics, and people like you and I sometimes lose the plot and, and admire its effectiveness. It's not its substance, but even the analysis of these tactics loses sight of what, of what this speech brings us back to, which is that dehumanization has a cost right now right now as it's being deployed there are children and and chastin Buttigieg made this point when don't ask don't tell was introduced kids will die this is unbelievable (laughs) so this is a woke progressive saying that policies like the parental rights act down in florida and policies that have been put in place in the state of virginia by yunkin basically saying, look, we're going to give parents the right to decide what their kids read, and we're going to give them a say-so in the decisions that are made for the child's education, even in public education. And, of course, you remember um, who was the uh, former governor who just said, you know, parents shouldn't have a right there. Apparently, this Nicole Wallace would agree uh, with that. McAuliffe, Terry McAuliffe? Yeah, Terry McAuliffe. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but stop and think about that. She's accusing these Republicans of dehumanizing <laughs> in order to get their way. These are the people that have told us that a human being in the womb is not a human being. It's just a collection of cells. It's just some some tissue. Uh, I mean, you know, it's it's equivalent to a sneeze, some, some you know, mucus from a sneeze, apparently. Uh, these are the same people that have said, you know, uh, abortion is fine. In fact... Uh, you know what? Let's let's even go further than that. Infanticide is fine, and euthanasia is fine. And you know what? I, and I'm sorry to be overly graphic here, 
But listen, if this child decides they want to cut off their penis, let them do it. Even if he's six years old, let's go ahead and encourage that. I mean, and talk about dehumanizing. And the whole idea of, of these practices, it's, it's grooming these children for perverted activity. And she has the chutzpah to come and accuse Republicans of, of dehumanizing, using dehumanizing to get their way. Unbelievable. You know, I, we don't. We we follow this stuff so much more than most 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 voters most uh, just the citizens, average man or the woman. average person yeah. and I just got to believe that even people that consider themselves you know a liberal Democrat if they actually hear someone say stuff like this has to say what in the hell is she saying yeah I mean it's just not reasonable it's not reasonable to even think that way and. But unfortunately, uh, you know, people get busy. They don't follow it like we do, and they just tend to, you know, follow their tribe. And the Democrat Party has done a phenomenal job. You got to give them credit for making people, segregating people to one issue voters, yeah. one yeah. particular issue, and they get that one particular issue, and they and they they force it home so strongly that that one issue voters they they won't listen to anything else. And if they did, they'd probably say, well. Well, hell, they disagree with the other nine issues, but they so strongly agree with that one issue, and that, and that's what they're doing because their ideas do not work. <laughs> I mean, what they what they just read the Democrat Democrat platform and tell me where it has worked in the world. Speaking of uh, morons uh, on cable news networks, CNN Plus <laughs> did mm. not last. Well, it lasted exactly one month. They went on the air. They had a big brouhaha, spent millions of dollars promoting it. They, they rented it at 101st floor of some Manhattan skyscraper, had this big party. You know, Chris Wallace glibly, glibly left Fox News. And, you know, just, just oh, you know, now I can go do my thing. Did, I, did he ever get it even on there? Did he have one podcast on there, one streaming episode on there? They, they no. launched it. They, you know, millions of viewers. And, and, and I said, look, I'm no prophetic genius, but I said the obvious. Why would anybody pay for CNN Plus when nobody's watching CNN for free? I, I, I thought the same thing. I was thinking, you know, it's not like you're taking a overwhelmingly popular product and putting it on another platform. So I, <laughs> exactly. I, I agree. The, the product stinks. And yet you're going to say, I mean, it's like, you know, we're going to sell dog poop because we can't sell our hamburgers and uh, we're going to increase the price. I mean, it's unbelievable. It didn't last a month. They're shutting it down. Well, Where will Chris yeah. Wallace go? Well, when they, they, when they went all in just being the Trump derangement syndrome network, you know, most people figured that out. Hey, that's what they're all about. It's anti-Trump. Yep. And that's yep. all they got. Stay with us. Hey, let's do something different. We're going to mix things up. When we come back. Right now, right now, we're going to play political trivia as soon as we come back. So give us a call, 561-8255-561-TALK. Political trivia when we get back. Back to news and views. Talk 96.3 and 103.7. All right, we're going to play political trivia in just a minute or two, so give us a call, 561-8255. First, your weather forecast. 
Uh, looks pretty good. Tonight is going to be uh, partly cloudy with lower on 51, but tomorrow, perfect sunshine, a high of 81. And uh, Saturday and Sunday, lots of sunshine, and uh, your highs will be in the mid-80s. Monday, upper 80s and sunshine. So nothing but sunshine and warm weather through next Wednesday. Warm weather is here. What a better way to enjoy the outdoors with family and friends than being greenside or poolside. Voted best golf course in Greenville three years in a row. Ironwood Golf and Country Club is waiving all initiation fees and wants you to join in the fun and become a member today. Not a golfer? Ironwood's new social membership includes access to their competition-sized swimming pool, clay service tennis courts, and member-only full-service dining restaurant. For more information, contact membership director Jenna Doyle. Her number is 252-752-4653. All right, hit the music. Here we go. Political trivia, 561-8255. The lines are open. Your uh, prize package includes a free oil change for your car or pickup at Dave Davis's East Carolina Chrysler Dodge Jeep or a Washington Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram, a gift certificate from Fit for Life 24, including two free training sessions with a fitness coach, a $20 gift card to Mucho Bueno for lunch or dinner. Mucho Bueno outside of the uh, Westbrook Shopping Center, U.S. 70 West and Havelock. A $20 gift card for goodies at Gwendy's Goodies Bakery in Aden and a gift certificate to the Ironwood Golf and Country Club. Remember, if you or anyone in your immediate family have recently won, let 60 days pass before you play again. If you are a Civil War buff, give us a call right now, 561-8255. Your category is Famous Civil War Soldiers. I just tested the uh, question on uh, Benny, and he hit it out of the park. First up is Al from Greenville. Hey, Al. Hey, Al. Hey, hey. Man, I hate being first, but come on, give it to me. Maybe I'll get lucky. All right. Uh, your question, your, your category, famous Civil War soldiers. Here's your question. The United States Civil War began when Confederate forces fired on Fort Sumter. That was April 12, 1861. This particular soldier could have been famous because he was the first soldier to fire in defense of the force, the the force, the fort. However, it is for something else that this soldier is famous for, something he is credited of inventing that is a constant in our lives today as Americans. Who was the soldier and what did he invent? <laughs> I know I'm going to get this one. Robert E. Lee, which I know is not it. Uh, you're right. That is not <laughs> it. <laughs> But, of course, Robert E. This was in defense of the fort, so Robert E. Lee would have been on the other side. But uh, hey, no problem. Who we got now? Ray. Hey, Ray. Hello, Ray. Hey, how you doing? Good. I, I, I recognize Ray's voice, and I think he is a Civil War buff, aren't you, Ray? Uh, a little bit. All right. Come on, man. Did you hear the question? I did. What do you think? Who is this Union soldier? who fired the first shot, but he is really famous, and he's credited for inventing something else. Who was the soldier, and what did he invent? Double day and baseball. You got, you got it! it. Way to go, Ray. Ray knows his Civil War history. Congratulations, Ray. Where are you calling from? Uh, Winterville. All right, Ray. Congratulations. You are a uh, genius when it comes to uh, Civil War trivia. Hang on the line. We're going to get your information, and uh, we'll get that prize package. We'll get right out to you. Thanks for calling. Thanks for playing. Thanks for winning. Stay with us. More news and views coming right up. 
is your Drive at 5 and ENC with Tom Lamprecht. Welcome back to News and Views on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Yes. <laughs> Welcome back in. Denny Hardy in for Tom Lamprecht. Tom had to scoot out a little early today uh, on this beautiful Thursday afternoon. He's got a baseball game at the Little League Park over at Elm Street. And if you guys have never had an opportunity to go see a Little League game at Stallon Stadium on Elm Street Park, it's got to be maybe the nicest Little League Park in America. Um, it's really, really neat place. And um, just go out on a, on a weekday game when all the families are out there and the kids are playing. And it's really a slice of Americana that uh, we really take for granted sometimes that other countries just don't enjoy. And uh, But... Hey, if you're in Greenville or outside or listening area all over eastern North Carolina, you really, people ought to take a chance and come see that one time in Greenville because it's really, really neat. It's like a minor league park. But uh, Tom will be back in tomorrow. I'll be back with him next week, so please join us in. And Clark, you say we have a caller? Yeah, Albert. Albert or Elbert? Albert. Albert. Hello, Albert. Good evening. I'm calling to in, in response to some comments that were made on your program in the first section between 5 and 5.15 regarding the competence of blind persons. You said blind people, the same thing about leading the blind. I I'm here to tell you that a lot, of, a lot of blind people are very competent. I resent your remarks. I, I think you owe the listening audience of the blind persons in this community a, 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 a Apology. I am retired in business, and I know a number of people in this country, all over the country. I've lived in different parts of the country over my, my living time. I'm new to one now, and I have found very many very competent blind persons. I think your, your comments are are offensive. They're they're not happy. They're not useful. I think you should go into the community and meet some blind people and find out what, the, what we were really like. Well, Albert, we apologize. To, it it was an often overused figure of speech. And, you know, we apologize yeah. if it offended. We certainly didn't mean to offend anyone. It's a probably often used, uh, overused figure of speech. And we, we apologize that it offended you. So uh, thank you for listening, though, and uh, we hope you'll forgive us. Anyway, uh, I guess we probably should screen calls a little better from now on. But anyway, um, earlier this week, uh, most people will know that April 18th was tax day. Um, it's the day that we – it's normally April 15th, but for some various holidays, the deadline was extended to 18th. And most people had to file their individual tax returns. And just on cue, the out of the White House, actually on the 15th, they had to bring up Joe Biden's tax returns again. I thought it was kind of interesting. This what was, happened? Yeah, Joe, what happened in 2017 and 18 is the question. But um, released out of WhiteHouse.gov uh, was announced, Today the President and First Lady released their 2021 federal income tax return. With this release, the President had shared a total of 24 years of tax returns with the American public, once again demonstrating his commitment to being transparent with the American people about the finances of the Commander-in-Chief. Well, as you recall, the 2020 election, one of the big issues was, you know, why was Donald Trump not releasing his tax returns? And, of course, 
President Trump talked about he was under audit, uh, been under audit for a few years, and he was not going to release them, and he did not release them. The information in those returns were later released uh, when they were really fraudulently released by someone that they've never gotten to the bottom of and released to a to the New York Times for an article they had back in 2020. But I find it interesting that the president uh, keeps talking about his tax returns as if they're always coming forward and being transparent. Well, I don't think they're too transparent. Uh, in August of 2020, News and Views was the very first show that we saw anywhere um, that talked about Joe Biden's tax returns and the details of his tax returns uh, just after um, he left office in 2016 up to the election. Um, later on, there was a few articles, but we had talked about some of the suspicious income disclosures in his income tax returns. And something that I've been following Joe Biden way back when he was uh, announced as the vice presidential running mate with uh, Barack Obama, I started investigating on Joe Biden's financial disclosures and his income tax returns back in those years. And I had the question of how does Joe Biden live the way he lives with basically in 2007, eight, his financial disclosures, he was for all purposes, um, little to no net worth, you know, bragged about being the poorest guy in Congress and that type of thing, but his lifestyle didn't match up with his income that was disclosed. So fast forward this to 2020 and the release of his tax returns, and we brought up the question of what is all this, what is all this income on your tax return that, uh, that no one is asking questions about. And the Democrat Party and the mainstream media just you know, they just would discount it off. A, it was book deals. It was uh, speaking engagements and that type of thing. But it really didn't tell the whole picture. So when we looked at Joe Biden's tax returns, um, this week, actually last week, the Federalists had an article, Where is Hunter Biden's Money? And it talks about looking at Joe Biden's tax returns a little more closely and asking the question, okay, you've released your individual tax returns, but where did all this money come from in 2017, 18, and 19? All of a sudden, you know, 10 to $12 million showed up all of a sudden on his tax returns from corporations owned by him and Jill Biden called Celta Capra Corporation and Giacoppa Corporation. Now, the mainstream media didn't do their job of really vetting this information. They just said, hey, Joe Biden's released his tax returns. Well, his individual tax returns does not talk about what's the source of this $12, $13 million in this two- or three-year period. And one year alone, uh, it was right at $11 million. Now, the book sales from Jill Biden and Joe Biden uh, don't recall the names now, but they were dismal. And the Democrat Party continued to say, well, that was from book deals. But, but it doesn't make sense with the number of copies reported that was sold versus this amount of income. There's absolutely no way someone would have paid him that for book sales, for dismal book sales. And if it is the case, then... We just ask you this, Joe, um, and the Democrat Party and the Democrat National Convention. 
in, in the spirit of full disclosure and transparency, release those corporate tax returns. Tell us where what is the source of this income. I find it kind of curious now, as more and more details emerge of the Hunter Biden laptop and the business deals that Hunter Biden clearly used his father's influence. Um, I feel like kind of odd now that all of a sudden maybe this might explain where all this income came from. Um, and, and if it's nothing there, if there's no there there, then just simply disclose the, the, the source of those revenues in that tax return. And, you know, uh, what, two weeks before the election in November 2020, uh, Tony Bobolinsky came forward and talked about the business dealings he had with Hunter Biden, the meetings he had with Joe Biden. And I find it curious that it is the same time period where Joe Biden's income spiked in those years. Uh, he did not have any anywhere near that kind of income in years before, but he did in those years. So, you know, tax returns, financial disclosures uh, tell a lot about someone. And for the Democrat Party to keep talking about Biden has been transparent. He's been anything but transparent. Another thing I find interesting about the release of his tax returns, constantly Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, and the Democrat Party talks about, you know, people giving their fair share and people helping others. And I find it interesting that Joe Biden uh, gave about 2% of his income to charities, mostly which was to the Bo Biden Foundation, and Kamala Harris gave less than 1% to charities, mostly was to their alma maters of where they went to school. So I find it kind of odd uh, if they don't think the American taxpayers given their fair share, wh- why aren't they giving their fair share to the charities? You know, Joe claims to be a great Catholic, and uh, why isn't he giving 10% to the big guy upstairs to be such a great Catholic? But anyway, that's one topic that we want to talk about today. And, and Clark, you say we have a caller? Sutton. Sutton, uh, what you got for us today? Hey, how you doing, my man? I'm doing good. I, I just wanted to do a little like follow-up on uh, the comment that, you, you know, it made when the man the man just called and he kind of, you know, took it. I think he took it the wrong way. You know, I'm 61 years old, and we have said that. And, you know, when you read the Word of God, even Jesus spoke on the blind, leading the blind. But it's not talking about a physically blind. You know, you can see. You can see and still can't see. You can be looking right at something, looking right at something with your eyes and can't see it. Kind of like the thing they used to use back, my uncle and all playing chucker. The best chucker players isn't the one sitting down. He's the one that's standing up looking because a lot of times the one sitting down can't see the moves. So, I, you know, and, and, and that fables, people saying that been said down through the years, I think he took it as you were talking about physically blind. And that's just a fable saying they're saying. Even Jesus said it. How can the blind lead the blind? If you don't know your way, how can you show me the way? That's what it means. Well, that's, that's true. Well, that's a good analogy there, Sutton, and uh, I appreciate appreciate you calling. And uh, what do, what do you uh, what, what do, Sutton? What do you think about? We were talking about Joe Biden earlier, and the next election. What do you think about? Do you really think Joe Biden is capable of running in twenty twenty four? Truthfully, I don't think Joe Biden is capable of making it through uh, his term that he's in there now. If he make it, 
if he make it another year, it will surprise me. Truthfully, I think it was a disservice to Joe Biden and his family to put him out there and to put him into these situations. This man need to be somewhere home or sitting down enjoying the rest of his life with the, you know, with the state of his mind is and look like sometimes his mind, his mind is up and sometimes it's down. He pretty much uh, stay down on things. So I don't think he'll make it through a full term. Let's know, um, you know, trying to run again. Come on. And I think that they stole it and gave it to him because he did not get as many votes than any other president ever in the history of the United States. I well, don't think anyway. well, Sutton, we've had, uh, Tom and I have had an ongoing discussion, and of course, I made the bold statement that he wouldn't make it past the first year, and of course he has, and he wouldn't make it, you know, to the mid midterms, and we're getting really, really close to the midterms, but it really is becoming more and more apparent that uh, the, the, the thought of him running another time, I mean, it's really, it's really, it's really surprising that he would come out and say that because... I mean, he it, it's hard for him to get through a day, and uh, he, he does very little interviews, very little press conferences, doesn't ask questions except the questions that is fed to him, and he can't handle those. So it'll be interesting to see as we get uh, – I mean, hey, the midterms are coming up. It'll be interesting to see what happens. The primaries are coming up here in North Carolina here, what, 30, 45 days, mm-hmm. and then uh, – and then the midterms later this year, it will be interesting to see uh, what happens if the if the midterms turn turn out like everyone is predicting with a big red wave. Will the Democrat Party uh, ask Joe Biden to step aside? And and that that uh, that remains to be seen. Hey Sutton, thanks well, for calling and thanks for uh, thanks for defending us. And uh, hey, we we appreciate you listening and um, calling in another time. All right, my man. Have a good one. Appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, it's uh, it's funny that when when we look at the Biden family, um, and and you know, I call it the Biden crime family. I probably shouldn't say that, but when you look at now the evidence that's coming forward that has been ignored during the twenty twenty election, but you look at a history of his family, his brother Jim Biden, um, you know, never really had any kind of success except for things. And things that was involved, his brother, he ran his brother's campaign. He all of a sudden got positions when when Joe Biden uh, became the vice president. All of a sudden, the family ramped up in their uh, visibility from being you know, just senator. He'd been in, being a senator since he was maybe, what, 30 years old, early 30s. And once he became vice president, it seems like it was a full court press family with the family to take advantage of that Biden name. And it just proved, uh, you know, Jim Biden got some big uh, construction contracts, no history of being involved in construction at all, uh, got some top level positions that ended up doing work overseas. Uh, you know, where did that experience come from? The same with Hunter Biden. Now it's becoming apparent with his you know, discovery of his laptop. I think now if the Republicans take over in November, I think you will see some special committees that will take make a full court press to get to the bottom of this and get to the bottom of his alignment with Joe Biden, his alignment with the Chinese Communist Party. You know, there was payments going now to checking accounts, joint checking accounts between Hunter Biden and Joe Biden that I think – you know, once that happens and once they get the details of those transactions, you know, I think it will be too much to ignore. So 
We'll see. Uh, no one w- wanted to listen to Tony Bobulinski. The press didn't want to listen to uh, have anything to report about it. Uh, Twitter and, and other social media platforms during the 2020 election would not post stories, um, just ignored the information. But little by little, uh, drip by drip of information is coming out, and you're starting to see the mainstream media um, come back and say, hey, we're reporting on this. So that tells me that it must be something there that they can't ignore. So anyway, we'll, we'll see where that goes. And other stories today, um, we don't hear much out of Mitt Romney anymore for obvious reasons. I think he's, I think his time uh, losing the election back uh, to Barack Obama in 2012 and then running for uh, Senate in Utah again, you know, he's been involved and, and Trump um, took him to the dance and didn't take him inside the dance, so to speak, when he thought he was going to be the Secretary of State for Donald Trump. So he has been kind of an all-out anti-Trump guy, uh, really since, um, I guess, since the impeachment hearings. But just recently, last week, um, just the news reported that Tulsi Gabbard, that was the Democrat senator from uh, Hawaii, that for some reason the Democrat Party and now some of the Republican Party keeps, they're afraid of her, particularly the Democrat Party. She was the only one during the Democrat primary in the 2020 primaries that with the Democrat side that seemed like she was a reasonable thinker at all. Uh, Hillary Clinton at that time called her a Russian asset and uh, and made all sorts of uh, derogatory statements about her. But just last week, Gabbard, uh, Gabbard made a statement on Twitter about um, – she called for the ceasefire in the war in Russia and Ukraine so that biological laboratories in Ukraine could be secured um, and argued that they, they could be you know, fatal if they were not secured during this. Well, Mitt Romney uh, on March 13th tweeted, Tulsi Gabbard is parroting false Russian propaganda and went on to say um, her treasonous lies may, may well cost lives. Now, it's kind of interesting he said that. Well, just this week, Gabbard's attorney uh, issued a cease and desist letter over the Romney comments. And, hey, Mitt Romney has got the answer to this, and we'll just have to see what comes of this. But they're asking for um, for him to retract his statements, and I actually think they're asking for him to uh, – she asked for, for Mitt Romney to resign. And I, I couldn't agree with her more because Mitt Romney has proven that uh, – you know, he, he is not running for re-election in the Senate in Utah. I, I don't think he would win, number one, because uh, he's alienated the people in Utah. But I think Mitt Romney now is just sitting back and waiting once his political career over. He will be invited to all the shows and, um, you know, will be the middle-of-the-road guy that, that the mainstream media goes to whenever they want to say something derogatory about Donald Trump. So that was just out of just the news today um clark let's take a break and when we come back we'll have a few more stories if you want to call in 561-8255-561-8255 give us a call
We speak the language of news. Let us translate. They told me to read this. I'm not allowed to go off script or I will get in trouble. When they talk... There are still predictions. How dare you ask me that? I am way smarter than you. I'm up here. You are down there. We'll explain. What unifies us is the... Nonsense, nonsense, nonsense. Uh, unintelligible... Nonsense. What happens next happens here with Tom and Benny on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Welcome back on this beautiful Thursday afternoon, April 21st edition of News and Views. Um, Out of Fox News today, um, the Florida House of Representatives passed what I call the Mickey Mouse Bill. (laughs) It's not called that, but passed a bill on Thursday that would dissolve (laughs) Walt Disney World's special governing power in the state. For over 50 years, um, Walt Disney World has enjoyed a special status, pretty much being a government of their own, was passed uh, back in the uh, 60s, 1967 to be specific, called the Reedy Creek Improvement Act, which basically said that uh, Disney was pretty much self-governing. At the time, Florida, particularly central Florida, was was pretty much um, farmland and timberland and, and swamps and that type of thing. And they didn't have the infrastructure and capabilities of doing what needed to be done to build something as grand as uh, Disney World. So they've enjoyed some kind of special powers where basically the state of Florida have left them alone. Well, now, as you've probably heard in the news, Walt Disney has become Walt Disney woke and, and, and talked about the bill that was passed in Florida where it basically said that, you know, that parents get to decide and the school systems could not teach children about sex when they were, you know, two, three, four, five, six years old. And, of course, you know, the liberal progressive wing of the Democrat Party and the news media just fell right in, just called it the don't say gay bill. And the Walt Disney folks went all in. The bill, I've read the bill, doesn't say one word, never says that. It just says that, hey, things such as, of topics like that should be left up to the parents and should be uh, not done at such an early age. So the Mickey Mouse bill today, we'll see if the Governor DeSantis signs it and uh, see what happens for that special privilege Walt Disney World's enjoyed. Um, earlier this week, we had on April 19th was Patriots Day when Lexington and Concord, the Patriots, defended the United States. And it made me think about the Declaration of Independence and you know what? The Declaration of Independence, we were endowed by a creator with certain rights. and But we have an obligation, an obligation to these blessings that our creator has given us. These blessings been protected by others. We have an obligation to defend them. So go out and defend them. Thanks for being here today, and we'll see you guys tomorrow. Have a good weekend. All right, all right, all right.